Welcome to your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast with Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, broadcasting live from our headquarters studios in Buffalo, New York. Visit us online at empoweringeverydaywomen.org. Today's inspiration is the kickoff of a 14-day teaching series called The Unedited Series, which is the very first series ever presented to you by your Daily Cup of Inspiration. What better time than the first day of fall, the beginning of a new season on this September 22nd, 2020 day to launch something brand new that God has given me for you. The purpose of the unedited series is to remind you that God doesn't edit out the ugly, unpleasant parts of our story because he wastes nothing. And we need to stop trying to modify, change, and correct ourselves in order to present a version or depiction of ourselves that is unreal, disingenuous, inauthentic, and impossible to live up to. Nobody is strong all the time. Nobody has all the answers and everybody struggles with something. But the good thing about God is that he uses everything, even the seasons, struggles, and situations we'd rather skip, forget about, or modify to bring glory to himself and reinforce the fact that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So with that introduction, I welcome you to the 14-day unedited series that I pray will give you hope, encouragement, and a deeper appreciation for how God's power is at work in you despite what you're going through. If you're new, my name is Deanna Hobbs and I'm bringing you the biggest smiles and the warmest greetings ever. Though I am eager to launch into the first day of our series, before we get started, you know I love highlighting testimonies from the wonderful members of our faith community. And I want to highlight what Tasia from Ontario, Canada wrote into the ministry and said, she told me, I was abused by my husband for seven years. He was a preacher and I thought I knew he was the right one. After our marriage ended, I suffered from severe PTSD and I lost my faith. And last year, I discovered your ministry through a friend, and God is using you to help me find my way back to faith. Even though I still struggle with emotional issues, depression, and anxiety, every time I hear your words, I know I can make it. So thanks for providing a way for me to hear the gospel. It brings me hope and life. Praise the name of our great God. Asia. I am honored to share the word of God with you. I'm praying for you, but I'm also rejoicing with you over how God is strengthening you and growing your faith through this ministry. Can we get a quick Holy Ghost filled praise break for Tasia? Powerful and inspiring testimonies like this remind us that God is transforming lives through this ministry. We are grateful for your support that keeps these broadcasts available online as a free resource to help others grow. If you are being blessed and you believe in our mission to share the gospel, sow a seed of any size at empoweringeverydaywomen.org slash donate. Thank you for your generosity. It is time to begin day one of our 14-day unedited series with a prayer. God, thank you for sending this precious person to press play. I know you have a word for them. Please use this series to minister to the deep places in them and assure them that your purpose will prevail despite their deficiencies because you are an all-sufficient Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right, so Daily Cut family, when I was in my 20s, I was invited to be a part of this Christian writing project. I was nervous about it because it was my first time ever doing anything like that, and I didn't really feel quite equipped to write professionally, but I said yes to the opportunity. Thank God I was paired up with an experienced editor, a really sweet older woman who walked me through the process, and anytime I needed her, I could bounce my thoughts and ideas off of her. She guided me and taught me a lot about effective writing. So one day after she was finished reading over one of my submissions for the project, she made a few suggestions and one of them was for me to edit out some of the things I had written and find another way, a less mm, transparent way, she said, of saying what I wanted to say to the audience. So she explained that I had revealed a little too much in that context and there were better ways to get my message across without being so literal, so candid and open. After I revisited what I'd written after talking to her, I could see her point. She actually was right. So I applied her tips and suggestions and resubmitted a modified version that edited out a lot of what I'd said before and she approved of the changes. So after I successfully completed that project, it was a wonderful experience. Years later, I would mentally revisit that senior editor's ideas and suggestions, and I'd find myself editing and re-editing things I'd written to make sure I wasn't oversharing. And that process and method served me well for a while, at least until I grew older and stepped deeper into the ministry God had called me to and felt him pulling me away from self-censorship and challenging me to be more open. And that was a difficult shift for me. The inner editor was screaming, no, Deanna, don't share that. Don't say that. Edit that out. But as uncomfortable as it made me, my desire to be obedient to God outweighed my discomfort with presenting a raw, honest, real depiction of myself, my struggles, my valleys, and my trials. And through the years, I discovered that the more I loosen my grip and stop trying to be in control of my life's narrative, the more God's able to use me and share his story through me to be a blessing to more people than I could have ever thought possible. Of course, obediently making this leap into transparency did require me to set my pride and inhibitions aside and say, God, use me, all of me, even the parts of my story that I'd rather edit out. And I am so glad I surrendered to God's will back then and continue to do so today. So when I was in prayer and communicating with God about bringing this series that he inspired me to share, he led me to 2 Timothy 3 and 16 through 17 in the New King James Version, which says this, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I wanted to understand why God led me to that passage and he made it clear. You see, the Bible tells us every part of scripture. And yes, that includes the parts of scripture that show men and women of God failing, being weak, doubting, and struggling along the journey is profitable for us and useful to us to equip us for every good work God has ordained us to do in this life. I mean the ugliest, most messed up examples of human 
human failure and frailty in every chapter and verse of the Bible teach us that there is a wide gap, a chasm between God's divinity and our humanity. We don't have what it takes to make it on our own, but with God, all things are possible. And amazingly, here's what I want you to get. God is still able to get glory and accomplish his will in spite of our shortcomings, human frailties, and weaknesses. As you read the Bible, you will find that there are some examples in scripture that make followers of God look like pretty poor representations of the kingdom. So why didn't God just inspire the leaders who wrote the Bible to edit those things out and present us with more of a highlight reel and show us only what we should aspire to be? Seems like a pretty good idea to me, so why didn't he just do that? Well, because God would get no glory out of that. The Bible is there to show us that we are weak and in need of a Savior who is Jesus Christ. And we cannot live up to the standards of holiness on our own. We can't make the right decisions on our own. We can't be strong and persevere on our own. Without Christ's resurrection power being activated and working through us, we are most certainly doomed. But here's the thing. Despite Scripture's honesty and clear evidence that we all need grace and are weak, it's almost as if somewhere, somehow, some way, there is an unofficial memo or document that is sent out to believers and circulated through the church that says you can't reveal your weakness or disclose insecurities or admit problems. That memo doesn't actually exist, but it seems so because we all rush to put on our best hallelujah, thank you, Jesus face. I'm always in peace and full of joy face. Our nothing ever bothers me because I'm too full of the Holy Ghost Shandarabosata face, right? And we need to stop that. We can't pretend and act like we don't hurt or like we have to tell our testimony in the past tense as if all our troubles magically ended 10 years or more ago. I want to give a little caveat here. You can't tell everything to everybody at all times. Wisdom and discretion do have their place. Everybody can't be trusted with your issues and vulnerable areas, but God knows that there are some things that we have been through and are presently going through that could help somebody else if we would just open up about our journey and process. But we get caught up in this feeling or this notion or this idea that we can't be honest. And we need to get free from that lie. We need to get delivered from worrying about people and their perceptions of us. We need to get free to be who we really are instead of living in bondage, pretending to be something and someone we are not and that we can never be without God's help. I remember when I recorded a YouTube video early in July titled, This is Hard, Life After My Mini Stroke. And in that video, I talked all about the brain trauma that resulted from that mini stroke and dozens of seizures in the ICU last August. And even though God brought me out of that and I'm now functioning, I have residual mental health struggles, troubles with anxiety. Some of my immune cells were damaged, so my immune system is weaker. That doesn't mean I'm not believing God or that I'm resigned to this fate or that I don't trust him to turn it around. I believe God and I also know my negative reality does not diminish God's divinity and authority, right? I can acknowledge the issue and still declare that God is greater than the issue. And so can you. 
When I recorded that video I just mentioned, if you watched it, you can see that I was beyond uncomfortable. It was hard to talk about all that and be that vulnerable, but I felt led to let somebody else see and know that you can love God and struggle. You can be full of faith and have challenges. You can live for God and devote your life to serving him and get hit with tragedies and trials. And I do not want to edit out the parts of the story where I'm still struggling to get all the way back on my feet because God doesn't get any glory out of me faking, pretending, and posturing. God gets glory when I say, yes, I have this struggle, but by God's power, this struggle doesn't have me. I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still being used by him. I may not be able to do everything I used to do yet, but God can still get glory out of my life and anything that you see or hear from me that looks impressive or pulled together. It's not because of me. It's because of him who lives inside of me. Without God's power polishing me, refining me, guiding me, equipping me, I would be an utter mess. So why am I telling you all of this? Because if I edited out my battle with anxiety, forgetfulness, lower mental aptitude, and lower emotional IQ in this season, you wouldn't get to fully appreciate how God's power is still able to overcome all of that and work through me to accomplish his will. That's the amazingness of God. He can take two fish and five loaves and feed 5,000. He can take a rod in the hand of an insecure man and part the Red Sea. He can take stone jars full of ordinary water and turn that water into fine wine, God does not need the raw materials he uses to be exquisite and impressive. He alone is impressive. God wants the glory and he can't get it while we're busy trying to be impressive. That's why God wants us to stop editing out the ugly. He's saying, no, I want to use that struggle to show that I am strong and mighty even when you are weak. It is not our greatness, but it is God's grace on our lives that allows us to be blessed and used in the kingdom. Again, it's not our greatness, but his grace. Grace is a Greek word that means goodwill, loving kindness, favor. It is the merciful kindness by which God turns our hearts to Christ, keeps us, strengthens us, increases our faith, increases our knowledge, and helps us live holy. God's grace is the equipping power, the benefits, the rewards, the spiritual blessings he bestows upon us that we can never earn. Our testimony must always be by the grace of God I am what I am now in 2 Corinthians 12 the Apostle Paul who had received unspeakable and unexplainable revelation from heaven and had been transported to the third heaven he said where God resides he was put in a tough position he shares how God allowed a demon to buffet him a messenger of Satan just to torment him to deliver blow after blow to his flesh and you know why God allowed it to keep him humble. Paul called this demonic force a thorn in his flesh. And even though Paul pleaded with God on a few different occasions to remove this demonic force, the thorn that tortured him and fought him tooth and nail as he tried to carry out the work of the gospel, God did not remove the thorn. He told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes we want God to remove the thorn and he doesn't because the thorn will keep us humble. It'll keep us from 
boasting in our power. It'll keep us praying and seeking God and trusting Him. And the thorn will allow God to reveal His all-sufficient grace. The same grace that's on my life and yours. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 in the New International Version says, And God is able to bless you abundantly. In the New King James Version, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That means then that God will pour out his lavish grace upon you so that no matter what limitations, opposition, struggles you have, you will have all you need at all times to do everything he has ordained and planned for you to do. And that's good news. So the next time you feel discouraged by what you lack, and we all feel down and discouraged sometimes, hear the voice of God telling you, despite that, my lavish grace has already equipped you with everything you need. Therefore, you'll make it. You'll overcome. You'll prosper in the things God has called you to. I know the thorn hurts. I know life can be hard. I know facing trouble and enduring tests and storms is tiresome, but God's grace is sufficient. You don't have to pretend like the thorn doesn't hurt and that life is always a bed of roses. Don't try to skip past and edit out the tears, the confusion, the weakness, the sorrow, the frustration, the failures, the shortcomings, the lack of clarity. Don't try to make life look perfect and pretty because that's not realistic and it doesn't give God any glory. Be like Paul who said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 8 through 10, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. If you want Christ's power to rest on you, delight in the weaknesses and hardships. That's when God pours out his lavish grace and his supernatural power is activated in your life and he shows off in your favor. He demonstrates his power to overcome your powerlessness and he brings calm to the storm. By his grace, you will get through this. You will be a living testimony of his greatness. Despite everything working against you, you'll do everything he's called you to do. Struggles and all, you'll rise above it. You'll still thrive despite it. You'll still achieve the divine dreams God placed in you. You'll still have peace and joy. Your life will still become evidence of God's sufficient, overflowing, abundant grace. Life has so many twists and turns. I get it. And you and I can't predict the future. We don't know all there is to know and we don't always know what to do. But God, the omniscient, all-knowing one, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the one who was and is and is to come knows the end from the beginning and he knows that his purpose will prevail. So his word to you is Jeremiah 29 and 11 in the New International Version, which is what I'm stirring into your cup of inspiration, which says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And as you drink down the contents of your cup, know that God's plans cannot be derailed. His power is well able to overcome your problems and his lavish grace is being poured out upon you right now. He's empowering you and equipping you to do and become every good thing he has preordained. Now let's end day one of this 14 day series with a prayer. God, I pray for this, my sister, this, my brother. Thank you for reminding them that your lavish grace is sufficient and that despite what
what they're going through and what they struggle with, your awesome plan for their life is still intact. Help them to resist fear, worry, doubt, and discouragement by calling to mind your promise to fulfill your word in spite of what comes against them. Set them free from self-defeating, toxic, limiting thoughts and liberate them through the power of your glorious gospel. All these things we ask by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Your daily cup of inspiration has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to yourdailycupofinspiration.com. Thank you.